Welcome to The Definitive Rap, where we report the truth about American exceptionalism. We love our flag, we love our country, and we believe in America. The Definitive Rap, where we respect people of faith, the men and women in blue, and our support for Israel. And now your hosts, Bela Sebro. She's the nice one. And Alan Skorsky. Uh, he's not so nice. But together they are the definitive rap. I'm Alan Skorsky with my co-host Bela Sebrow, and welcome to the Definitive Rap Podcast. As always, we thank Vin News for hosting our show. For the last 30 years, if I had a nickel every time I was asked, why do Jews vote for Democrats? I'd be a millionaire. Today's very special guests from the group Jexit are determined to make me broke by educating our people that the Democrats are not the home for American Jews. In fact, I'll go one step further, leaving partisanship aside and acknowledging that Republicans also know how to screw things up. Democrats today thrive on division and polarization based on race, income, gender, sexual orientation, people of faith, and now in attacking police. The Democrats are terrible for America. And what is terrible for America is a nightmare for the Jewish people. On their website, Jexit states, for decades, American Jews have consistently supported Democrat candidates. However, that party is undergoing a seismic and alarming change. Accepting, approving, and failing to condemn anti-Semitism shows the new direction of the party. Endorsing the BDS movement, threatening to block weapon sales to Israel, denying Israel's right to self-defense, indirectly funding Hamas by giving money to Iran. These are but some examples of how the radical left has abandoned the Jewish community. There are only 15 million Jews in the world. Half of them live in Israel. We must stand together. After Bela gives her opening comments and introduces our heroes from Jexit, buckle up because the fireworks will fly. Bela? Thank you, Alan. The Democrat Party itself is not the same as the one that our ancestors supported during the Great Depression, World War II, or the Cuban Missile Crisis. Presidents such as FDR, Harry Truman, and John F. Kennedy would not recognize what happened to their party. And not just because of how our enemies are being handled, but the economy and social issues as well. The alignment of American Jews with the Democratic Party is quite longstanding, dating back to Woodrow Wilson's close political relationship with Louis Brandeis, and interestingly still stayed that way when many Democrats were closely aligned with the Ku Klux Klan in the 1920s. By 2017, the percentage of Jews that were Democrats fell to 67%. In fact, during that period, GOP-aligned Jews rose from 25% to 31%. There is no doubt that the allegiance to the Democratic Party is weaker than it used to be. And that is due to the high profile critics of Israel, such as Bernie Sanders, who is Jewish, yet his mindset is not where many Jews would hope it would be. Not to mention those who are not Jewish and are certainly not backers of Israel. Jewish survival is in a precarious situation and Jews throughout history have not remained quiet when they were under attack. Anti-Semitism must be addressed and cannot be dismissed that it will just go away. Jexit is that organization that believes the only way anti-Semitism could go away is by going away from the Democratic Party. 
Leaving the Democratic Party, Jackson believes, is something that American Jews can no longer blindly vote Democrat. We have, we have with us today, we have a great team today uh, from Jackson, um, Ben River, uh, retired NYPD special ops officer and Jackson uh, strategist, Ken Friedman, board member of Jackson, Miriam Fisher, community liaison, director for Jackson, as well as the chair of the Maryland Republican Jewish Council, Michelle Terrace, founder and president of Jackson, um, and Sophia Manolesco, secretary and programming director for Jackson, who fled communist Romania as a child and is a proud naturalized citizen and has been with Jackson since its inception. Before I introduce our esteemed guests, um, I just want to mention that uh, Jackson is believed to stand for Jews' exit, and some say it's a play on Brexit, which stands for Britain's exiting the European Union. So it gives me great honor to welcome you all to the definitive wrap. Thank you. Thank you. So we know that Jews have previously supported the Democratic Party and failing to condemn anti-Semitism, endorsing the BDS movement, threatening to block weapons sales to Israel, denying Israel's right to defend itself, funding Hamas by giving money to Iran, et cetera, et cetera. My question is, what has caused this outrageous shift of Democrats that clearly demonstrates anti-Semitism and the condoning of anti-Semitism? And most importantly, it appears that Democrats have turned their backs on Israel. So what steps are being implemented by Jexit to accomplish this goal? Jexit has was Jexit was founded in 2018 during the supervisor of elections protests. I don't know if you are all familiar with what happened here in Broward County. This is where we are headquartered. Please share with us. It was an attempt to steal the election and set up what you saw happen in, 20, in 2020. And what happened was a group of Jewish women protested and stood for eight days for eight solid days from morning till evening. And they gave us no representation. They gave the Republicans no representation. They wouldn't allow them into the building while they were doing the recount, or while they were counting the, 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 the votes. At any rate, um, we found sniffed ballot ties in the parking lot. We saw so many nefarious things going on and simultaneously, none of us knew each other. And during this simultaneously, Laura Loomer, who, whom you know, I'm sure you've had her on your show. She was chasing a rental car with provisional ballots that she found. So it was as though we were all, um, um, I don't want to say channeling, but we were channeling the spirit of Esther and saving Broward County. And essentially, we were able to be responsible for the 31,000 Jewish votes that, that put our great governor over the edge to win the election. Otherwise, today we would be talking about not only the, the resident in the White House, we would be talking about Governor Gillum. Right. We would have no freedom here today. Right. So that's when Jexit was founded and we felt so empowered by being able to make such a difference as grassroots, as women speaking out, that we then were fighting with the squad at the time. So we, we took our 
our blissful moment of pride to the White House steps <laughs> and had a rally against H.R. 183, ended up getting wonderful speakers from all over the country on their own dime. Breitbart showed up, filmed, filmed us for five hours. We had over half a million uh, viewers. And we stood there as American citizens with our Christian brothers and sisters who happened to love Israel and Jews more than the American left. And it became a Judeo-Christian love fest under God, love, and community, standing against the squad, speaking out, standing against anti-Semitism. And we were like little hometown heroes. We then took the, the group over to the Trump Tower. We met with incredible Trump um, you know, advisors, and we never looked back. Right. Uh, I'm going to direct my question towards Ben, just because I love his nickname, The Cleaner. Um, on your website, it says that uh, you saw the seismic shift starting in 2018 with the squad. Um, I'm older than all of you. Um, and I, and this, in my opinion, this is more of a rant than a question, or it'll be a little bit of both. This started during the Clinton administration, when even before Oslo was uh, recognized or signed, Hillary Clinton called for the recognition of Palestine. Uh, during the Obama administration, he spoke at the University of Cairo, and he made a moral equivalence between the Holocaust and Palestinian suffering. He opened the door for J Street to, uh, to challenge APAC. He opened the door for Peter Beinart. He opened the door for Linda Sarsour, who would then became the gal pal of uh, the Democrats running uh, in the last election. Um, my question to you is, um, is your tactic or is your approach towards educating people why they should not vote Democrat? Is it to lobby against what's happening in the Democrat Party? For example, when Steny Hoyer said on the floor of the House that you may not agree with uh, Rashida Tlaib, but she's basically a good person. So we have so many different Jewish groups with different ways of, ta of confronting the problem. Where, where do you see Jexit going? I see Jexit becoming uh, an advocacy group that basically does a lot of what these organizations fail to do, uh, especially recently in the past, as you said, uh, <clears throat> when the Clintons came around. So you're talking about, you know, almost 30 years ago. These groups, these Jewish advocacy groups became too big and too weak, and they really lost touch with the Jewish people in terms of, you know, needing to continue that fight against anti-Semitism and, and also radicalism. And they really lost touch with the Jewish people and became more interested in the, the political part and supporting their ideology instead of saying, you know, instead of when they see something they don't like saying, no, this is wrong. They just became really more dependent. You know, I hate to say it, but on the dollar and their, their contributions that always came in all the time and they continue to do so. And they really became, they, they began to sit on their laurels and, and just you know, not do what they were supposed to do and, and what they were designed to do in the first place and what they did in the forties and fifties after the, the Holocaust. So we're ready, we're ready to pick up that ball and run with it and really teach people the history of the Holocaust and the history of Israel and the history of how all these things happen, how, how all these extremists and the tyranny rises up and teach, teach people, teach Jewish people. They really have lost touch with themselves and seeing the dangers on the horizon. We really need to 
teach that history and, and show people, look, this is what happened in the past and make people understand that what they see going on now is not black and white. It's a very gray area. Uh, you know, it's very disheartening to see a lot of Jewish people actually repeating the teachings of Nazis like Otto Skorzeny, who escaped the Nuremberg trials and went to North Africa and Egypt. And you have Jewish people now repeating that propaganda that he taught to the uh, all of these state sponsors of terrorism. So we're gonna we're gonna turn that tide. We're gonna start educating people and really let them see everything for what it is and what's going on and, and the dangers involved in that. May I add to that? One of sure. the things we're doing in our um, speeches now, and we find that we, it's amazing that not only the Jews not know, but no Americans know, the contributions that Jewish Americans have made to keep America, America. If the children in these schools knew this, we would make Jewish pride great again because they don't understand that a gentleman like Haim Solomon financed the Revolutionary War and George Washington came to him and said, what can I do to repay you? And he said, take care of my people. Our country remained America and free because of the Jewish American contributions to this country. And we're 0.02% of the world population. Every Jewish family stood up and fought in the Revolutionary War. It's it's incredible. It's, it's, an, it's unbelievable history. Toro Synagogue is still standing right. in, in um, where is it? In Rhode, Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Newport. Yeah. Nobody knows this. When I speak to, you know, groups that are, I can feel a little bit of the, um, the uneasiness with the Jews. They're disarmed and they're fascinated and they don't know this. And that's how you combat anti-Semitism. You combat it by, by with your voice and with communication and sharing our history, our rich history. And, and it works. It's incredible. Bela? How is the media and the public at large responding to Jackson's mission? Um, are you getting any sort of flack against the organization or is anyone personally receiving anything as a result of uh, what you guys do? I can tell you this from experience. I believe God has his hand on our organization because we Somehow we fly under the radar when it comes to anything like that. Number two, we just had during the barrage of rockets coming into Israel from Gaza a few months ago, we held the largest rally on, in Broward County on a street corner, Oakland Park Boulevard, US 1. It's been, it's been a, um, a grounds for rallies for 15 years. For Israel, we had the, lar- they had the largest show up, they had the largest turnout ever in the history of the corner. We had... Jews, Gentiles, all walks of life. The police were there. It was like a love fest for Israel. And you would, and we had maybe one or two idiots that drove by, you know, swearing and cursing. But they protected us. The, the blue was there. They protected us. It was an incredible moment. We sang Hatikva. We sang the national anthem. We had incredible speakers. So I don't see any of that. Um, Marie, I want to get to you, but you're, you have to unmute yourself. There okay. you go. Okay. <laughs> you spoke this last summer in Washington. And remember, you stuck out and I said, oh, my God, I know her from Facebook. Um, you were one of the you know, most passionate speakers there. 
One of the things, and there are a few things that frost me, but many of them is the false equivalence that the media and certainly politicians are making between the the squad and people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. Um, For me, anti-Semitism, you you judge comments by context, content, and intent. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, to me, are more like loose cannons uh, trying to punch back without always filtering what they're saying or thinking about what they're saying, but they're not leading a cause against America or against the Jewish people. In sharp contrast, the squad, their context, content, and intent is very clear. It is to delegitimize Israel and the Jewish people. And we have to reject allowing them to define what anti-Semitism is and not let them say, I'm only critical of the Israeli government. I'm not anti-Semitic. See, that's what I get frustrated with because I'm hearing this over and over again. In fact, I just went up against the uh, former mayor of Baltimore because she also said, oh, I'm not anti-Semitic. I have Jewish friends. And when I hear that, I cringe because you and I both know if somebody said that, especially say someone Caucasian says, oh, I'm not racist. I have black friends. Everybody would be all over them like, no offense, white on rice. But then, you know. These anti-Semites can go around and say, oh, I have Jewish friends. And to me, that doesn't mean squat because, I mean, even what's afraid, I think Omar is married to someone who is Jewish. But you see how, you know, you look at you look at our vice president who's married to someone who's quote unquote Jewish. But you see how they treat Israel. They see how they treat the Jewish people. Um, and I don't want to hear that. Oh, I'm just criticizing the Israeli government, because guess what? At the end of the day, you're still talking about majority Jews. Israel is a Jewish state. It is so when you criticize Israel, you are criticizing the Jewish people. I don't care how you want to slice it. And yes, you're right. It is different because Bobart and Marjorie Taylor Greene, although I might not always like well, might not always like <laughs> Green, but they're not a whole group grouping together doing this. They're not consistent. They say one off comments. They're not, you know, they're just speaking off the top of their head. Well, you've got the squad that keeps constantly, constantly berating Israel, berating, berating the Jewish people, and they're growing. That's the scary part. They are growing in their numbers. I mean, you look how they treated, I forgot his name, but one of their squad members out of New York Jamal who Bowman. went to Israel. Jamal Bowman. He went to Israel. Now, all yeah. of a sudden, they treated him on the outs just because he went to Israel. It's like, God forbid. <laughs> right. So this Marie, is what we're up. You should share with everyone how you've dealt with more anti-Semitism than racism being a black Jewish American woman. Well, because I deal with it because most people don't accept that, don't think that I'm Jewish. They look at me and they just assume, oh, well, she's black. They don't look beyond or they don't try to find anything else. So then I hear all these comments that people say both black and white against Jews and people don't realize that I'm Jewish. And when I call them out, some back down, but some keep going. Like I said, you look what happened uh, this past couple of weeks with the former mayor of Baltimore. You know, she was, and if you guys could have seen her face when I came up on the show, <laughs> you know, they told, Oh, we're going to bring the host says, Oh, we're bringing the head of the Maryland Republican Jewish council on. I could see she was getting ready for a fight. And then when she saw my face, I could see it just drained all of her fight, everything that she was getting ready to do, because she didn't expect me. She didn't expect someone black and Jewish and Orthodox. So that just, you know, it it disabled her very quickly. 
And it disables a lot of people, which I think is a good thing. <laughs> Bela? Uh, history has proven that anti-Semitism is not only anti-Jewish, it's anti-Christian, anti-American, and anti-God. Is Jackson receiving support from Christians or their organizations? Yes, we are. Um, we're very united with our Christian friends. We work very closely with an organization, you probably know United West, and uh, we're, we're very united with our Christian friends. They support the, the, um, our views. So, you know, when we're talking about, you're talking about anti-God, I think we have to think God is freedom because God gave us free will. And we agree with our, with our Christians, brothers and sisters. It starts with God. The Torah is the Old Testament. We share common Judeo-Christian values. Uh, historically, we've, we've followed the same value system. And the war that's going on right now really is between good and evil. And to go back a little bit in history, uh, not, not so far, just past century, we're talking about communists have always been aligned with Islam. Right now, what we're seeing in the United States of America with the squad and with Bernie Sanders, we are seeing the unity, the green line, red line, the unity between radical Islam and communists. Last century, uh, the radical Islam was not just allied with the Nazis. The Soviet Union and before then the Bolsheviks were aligned with radical Islam because part of that uh, Soviet Union, part of that country, and before then uh, part of the Russian Empire that had been built by the Tsars was a lot of annexed territories that were Muslim. And so it was in the best interest of the communists, of the communist revolution, to be aligned with the radical Islam. And if we're looking that there's only 15 million Jews in the world, and on the other side, you've got about 1.7, 1.8 billion radical Muslims. Now we're looking at this alliance between communists and Muslims that is, uh, has always been from the inception of communism. You've had, you, they, they've been trying to recruit the Muslim groups to be with them and, um, you know, uh, with the rhetoric that they're being oppressed. And so they were being oppressed by the Tsars. And that exact same formula that was applied in the beginning of last century in the, the to-be Soviet Union by the Bolsheviks, that exact formula is now being applied worldwide and in the United States with the rhetoric of the oppression of the Muslims and you know the left wing aligning themselves with those Muslims. And so we're seeing the exact same formula, the exact same radical formula the Communist Radical Islam Alliance, and that can only spell trouble for Christians and for Jews, especially with only 15 million Jews, 6 million of them living in Israel. Like we said before, the entire anti-Zionist rhetoric is anti-Semitic, and this is what we're seeing in today's Congress. Earlier, you mentioned Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is a fake Jew. Uh, when in May of 2020, we had over 4,500 Rocket of rockets that were being shot from Hamas into Israel. And the only reason why we did not see carnage in Israel was because of the Iron Dome. And not all, a week later after that, a week later, Bernie Sanders was writing up a bill to defund the Iron Dome. And the only reason why he went along with funding the Iron Dome is because he was able to obtain millions of dollars in aid for the power. So we're clearly seeing this alliance between communists and radical Islam. And when it comes to communists, 
their religion is their ideology. So people like Bernie Sanders and Chuck Schumer and all these other guys in Congress, they're fooling the left-wing Jews who think that they have support in Jewish people representing them in Congress, but they really don't because these Jews in Congress are no more Jewish than Nancy Pelosi and um, um, what's his name, the president here, the, the fake president, Joe Biden, right? Um, they're, they're not Catholic. Just like these other people are not Jewish. They're just pretending that they're playing the game, but self-serving. And um, it's pretty obvious. Right. Okay. Ken, I want to get you in here. Um, I have been loath for many years, anyone ever invoking uh, the Holocaust or Nazism to score cheap political points. However, today, what I am saying, I believe, is a direct correlation. Um, when we had the brown shirts in the 1930s standing in front of Jewish stores saying, don't buy from Jews, that is exactly what the BDS movement is about. Uh, in the, within the Democrat movement, you have Haley Sulfur. I forgot the name of her group, but she works with Jewish Democrats. Jewish Democrats, she, yeah. Yeah, they're right. Democratic Council uh, comparing Trump to Hitler. Uh, you have D- Devorah Lipstadt, of all people, the you know noted Holocaust historian. Um, when uh, when she said that rejecting uh, ho- election results is akin to Holocaust denial. And I remember when uh, noted attorney Nat Lewin wrote her a scathing letter. I asked him, what do you think could have motivated her to say something like that? And he speculated back then that she was eyeing a position within the Biden administration to be the czar for anti-Semitism. Well, guess which job she was just nominated for. So um, I guess my question for you and all of you can guess can chime in with this Um We've allowed them to define the narrative. We've allowed them to define that anti-Semitism is not anti-Semitism, um, that, uh, that, that Israel is apartheid, and we've allowed them to define what our narrative is, and we've just pretty much tried to, play, you know, we've gone along to say, no, we need to educate people. I don't think that that's, you know, a strong enough of a fight back. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, Hello, Alan. Um, I'll try to respond uh, briefly and as well as I can. You touched on a lot of things right there and uh, a lot of things that we've been talking about recently, you know, but and we, we fight all the time. But starting off the Holocaust denial business and how and the comparisons and the use of Nazi terms and so forth doesn't sit well with me at all. I, I don't really, I think those comparisons should be used as little as possible. Um, and we should just kind of deal with where things are. Um, BDS is evil, clearly. Um, the, some of the other Jewish organizations that you mentioned, you know, um, the Elon Omars and those squad members who are trying to put things through, uh, the new act that they're working on, you know, for, for uh, helping to administer and engage um, against uh, basically, no, they're looking to uh, to manage, monitor, and combat Islamophobia. One of the strongest uh, proponents of that bill that's in front of that's going in front of the house that's been approved in the house. I think it moves on to the Senate. Is that Jewish Democratic Council of America and the things that they have to say and, and their their the way of thinking and their mission statements are just just extraordinary, you know, how they can be living and breathing and surviving and being supported with tens of thousands of members. The blindness that that's out there is, is really just 
um, too much. So, you know, in a current time to go back to the brown shirts and the comparisons, you know, BDS is evil. It needs to be addressed. And it, you can't and you can't just say it's against because you don't like some of the things that are going on in Israel. It's not fair. It's not real. It's not reality. Um, so anyway, I, I can go on and other people can go on better in response to your question. I thank you for my time here. You know, what I do with Jexit, just as we're introducing ourselves, you know, basically my main things I do, first of all, like fighting anti-Semitism and supporting Israel is kind of in my blood for many, many, many years, decades. Um, it's sort of my family business. I moved to Florida about four years ago now, and I kind of met the Jexit group, basically because I met one of the gals, Karen Basil, who's not here today, at a rally in Times Square, which was there, we were there to basically expose Ilhan Omar, and there was thousands of people there. And she was wearing this Jexit hat and cruising around, and I asked her about it, and I said, well, I just moved to Florida, I'm in New York right now, but I'm going to look you guys up. So, you know, I, I sort of, behind the scenes, have been supporting this group, I help administer some of the social media, I try to do some research, analysis on some things, and that are of concern. Um, occasionally I'll write something to, 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 you know, to publish or to share. Um, and I try to go to a lot of the learning events that are local that I can go and, learn and, and introduce myself to people and network with other people that are, that are good for, for our mission and cause. And um, you so left out the most important thing. You're the son of a legend and that I've asked you to carry her torch and to bring her into this organization because she did approve of us and she was a follower of ours. So why don't you let everybody know that? Well, I, I think, Alan, I, she, yeah, and she was arrested a couple of times. So, um, Alan, I think, you know, you knew my mom, Helen Friedman from AFC. Um, I think, you know, her, so that's why of I, course I knew her. Oh my God. I met her and I know you're a sister. Okay. Judy. Yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk. So, so they're <laughs> fighting a great fight. Judy's, Judy's working hard, keeping yeah. it going and fighting for people in Judea and Samaria. Sure. And, and, and they just snuck in a recent Chazuk mission. They got right. there. They're able to do it. Um, now it's the country shut down again. Sure. Um, unfortunately, a lot of their, their, their supporters are, are elderly and they, they're, you know, they're trying right. to, you, you, you know, make it more youthful. When I met the Jackson group, it was just a little more, first of all, it's more general in what they're covering. Right. Um, it's not as specific. And there is a high level of energy around this group. And, and uh, you know, with, with a lot of people, and, and it, can get, it can get exponential, I believe. So um, it's important right now. I know the focus is in the coming elections and educating people and making sure we don't make that, that what should happen in 22 does happen in 22 and we're in better shape for 24. And, and Ken was with us. Ken was with us. I don't know if you know about Principal Latson at, at the Spanish River High School in Boca. He denied the Holocaust because, you know, he couldn't uh, prove that the Holocaust existed. So yes, I, we, we spoke I, about him recently. We, Sophia and I actually spoke in front of the, the school board Ken was there. Right. There was a Holocaust survivor there. If you would have told me that I was going to do that when I was a little girl, I would have thought you never in my, never. I mean, we are so desensitized to this kind of thing. They were denying that the Holocaust exists with a survivor right there. It, Sophia got up to the microphone and said, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. I mean, this is what we were doing. Now we fought that 
with Lauren Gross, who runs the Gross Family Center for the Education of the Holocaust and Anti-Semitism here in Palm Beach. She's an incredible woman. And, you know, the, the Holocaust has been mandated for in excess of 25 years. They don't teach it properly. It's like an elective that they'll say, you know, it's mandated. Oh, you know, go to lunch if you don't have to show up, whatever. At any rate, she asked every Jewish organization to come and speak out. Because number one, why does a noose get international attention and a swastika on a child's locker and her being told that Jews belong in the oven? Why is that freedom of speech? That's number one. And number two, why are racist bad people and anti-Semites are good people that just don't understand? And number three, uh, we had to stand there and tell the school board why this man is 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 unsafe for our children in a as a principal of this school. It was unbelievable that we are having to face the denial yeah. of the Holocaust that was 73, 75 years ago. I mean, the whole country should be up in arms. I feel look, what, look what just happened in D.C. You've got this librarian or whatever she is right. having children dig graves, mimicking the Holocaust. And you don't even really see anything in the mainstream media about it. Jewish media has picked it up. Conservative media has picked it up. But nobody else has. But if it was a news or if it was, I hate to say it, if it was a white teacher who was imitating slavery, you'd hear it everywhere. I forgot to finish, though. They asked, Sorry. Uh, Lauren Gross asked every Jewish organization to show up to support and speak out. Not one organization showed up. She asked every Jewish veteran, everyone except for Grassroots, Jexit, and ZOA. That's it. So you know what? Holocaust denial. <laughs> they want to do it. It's bipartisan. Let's not upset our donors. Right. Let's not upset our voters. Let's tiptoe around. You know what? If you don't fight the beast head on, you're not fighting anything. As far Michelle, as I, I want to piggyback on that. At the same time that was going on, Alan, I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but I guess it goes on all around the country. Um, at that same exact time, the, the Holocaust Museum in Orlando, Florida, had a big, big, big exhibit that was extended over last a few months. It was a George Floyd exhibit. Yeah. We got, you know, we, we letter writing with them and, and, you know, and I don't know if we had really any impact, but, but we certainly were, were, you know. On yeah, the- they lied. They lied. They flat out lied. They can't tell us the truth. They have to lie. Right. Well, and, then, and I it, just keep seeing these BLM flags everywhere. The kids are there in Hebrew schools. Right. You know, my, my friends, kids, little grandkids are in, you know, little kids in preschool at the Hebrew school. And, the, and there's a Black Lives Matter flag hanging there. Right. Right. And they're funding our demise. Let's let's cut to the chase. Our leftist, secular leftist Jews, they're funding our own demise. And I'm not right. going to stand. I'm not going to allow it. No, right. they're not going to fund my demise. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight them because, you know, what's our worst enemy our own we have to take responsibility for no more pointing fingers it's us it's jews we've lost our identity and we have to face it we have to we have to um we have a responsibility we were chosen for a purpose when i ask people why were you chosen what does it mean to be chosen 
I don't even know. It was chosen because we believed in a monotheistic doctrine that there's one God and we are to be a light unto the nations. Not social justice warriors without God. They think they're fixing the planet. The planet was perfect. You're, you're screwing up the planet yourselves. That's what's happening. Bela, you've got about a minute left. Okay. (laughs) Typically, when we interview an organization, we interview one person within the organization to represent. But what you guys are doing is so original that we needed you all on the show. So I would like to know very briefly if you could each uh, tell tell us what was your driving force? So let's start with uh, Michelle. My driving force. I, I do a lot of praying and and believe it or not, as crazy it may sound, I've had a lot of miracles in my life. When I question my purpose on this earth and I'm given specific miracles in direct response, I know my purpose. My purpose is to stand with Israel and to educate and to be this generation's um, force to stop do hatred. Thank you. And How about you, educate. Marie? Marie, unmute. There you go. (laughs) Uh, I guess my driving force has always been one. First of all, I want people to think outside the box. I've always tried to make people don't take everything as a status quo. Don't take what people feed you and just think for yourself. And so that's one of my biggest driving, you know, because if you look at me, I fit no status quo. I fit no stereotype. And the world needs to think like that. Uh, Sophia, thanks. They're lying, and I see it, and I catch them lying all the time. The opposition, the evil side, the leftists are lying. They know they're lying, and it's really hard to watch, and we have to do something about it because I did not leave communism to come and live in a country where we are forced to live by the lowest common denominators amongst us. Ken. Um. Uh, I'm going to say three parts, common sense, respect for our past generations and concern for our future generations. Great. Thank you. Ben. I think the driving force for me is the experiences that I went through and watched my dad, who was a retired police officer, deal with the FALN and the BLA and the weather on the ground. And then basically and unfortunately passing torch to me where I had to deal with the offshoots of those organizations, you know, Occupy and Antifa and all of them. It's all one and the same and dealing with those extremist groups and the, and the professional agitators and seeing that the damage that they can do and pointing out to the Jewish people, um, you know, exactly what's going on. And I think, I think I think Alan is partially correct. I'm going to correct him in terms of the education part. I'm going to partially disagree because I think that Jexit is really changing the approach. I think the approach to the way we were educate, educating is, was a problem. I think it was very weak. And I think Jexit is really doing it a different way and really turning things around. And, and the only way to really win this battle is to take away their resources, take away their money, and take away their people. If they don't have enough people to support their ideology, then they become weaker and they collapse. And I think that a little bit at a time, as we take these Jewish people away and get them off the hamster wheel and really wake them up and see 
going on and see what they're supporting. I think I think it weakens them a little bit at a time, and that's really the only way to win. It's not this drastic, uh, you know, strategy where you where you're just trying to tear it down all at once. You're not going to win like that. It's a little bit at a time. You got to eat it a little little way at a time, like chopping down a big tree. And I think Thank that we're you. doing that, and we've seen some successes already. Right. Thank you so much. Right. All right, we're out of time. Uh, what Jackson is doing is great. You guys are great. Um, we're living, unfortunately, in a world where right is wrong and wrong is right. And people are afraid for their safety or careers to speak their minds. You guys are teaching the public to recognize where the problems are coming from and how to change them. For more information, please reach out to JexitUSA.org for anyone in our audience that would like to get in touch with uh, this wonderful team. Uh, All of you, thank you for joining us today. And thank you to VinNews.com for hosting us. And as always, thank you to our audience for tuning in to The Definitive Wrap. Thanks for listening to The Definitive Wrap with your hosts, Bela Sebro and Alan Skorsky. Be sure to tell your family and friends they also can listen to The Definitive Wrap on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and your favorite streaming service. See you next time on The Definitive Wrap.